0: Colossians 3 1 through 3 since you have been raised to new life with Christ set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God okay? so um again you know we the um one of the things that the Lord revealed to us is that one of the reasons why he did not Want me to be public, I didn't know it was going to be seven years. It's because when he was beginning to take us public, it would be with a particular message. Every true apostle has a particular message that God has called him to bring. Okay, nowadays these, these new apostles, they just an apostle because they went to a raggedy Bible school. Some of them didn't even go to a Bible school, they just went to a raggedy church. Somebody just, you know, ding, ping, you are now an apostle. Now they put on a fancy hat and got a cane, three bodyguards, but got five members at the church. My favorite ones are the ones that are apostles, bishops, pastors, reverends, deacons, and evangelists. Boom, boom. They give you a card. Where your church at? At home. (laughs) How you got five titles and you at home? But that's just me. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. So, So, but every apostle is called to bring a new message. And so the message that the Lord is going to be using this ministry for in a future period is to prepare people for eternity, not church services. Truly, actually, every pastor is called to do it. Every pastor is called to prepare you for eternity, not church. You come to church to learn how to prepare for eternity. Okay? So, <clears throat> here this scripture says, you are, it's amazing how different the spirit of religion is versus the spirit of the kingdom of God. The spirit of religion says focus on forms and customs. You know, you can't come to the church if you have on a particular set of clothes, if you got on sandals, gym shoes. I still can't believe that there are churches today that won't let you in the door if you don't have on a suit or... If you you know, I'm just like, are you inc- are you crazy? You know, I mean, never mind. I got a off for a second. It's too much stuff rolling through my head. Okay, but 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 if this scripture said to focus on heaven and what is there, what is real there? Apparently, it's because God said He wants us to know what is there. Anything that you focus on, more revelation will come. Any of you ever done a Google search on a particular item, and then for the next week, every profile that every platform you went on was sending you information about the item? All you did was go to the internet and Google projectors. When you go on Facebook, you see a commercial about projectors. You go on Twitter, it's a commercial about. You know what I'm saying? And so they have these algorithms now where whatever you search for, they give you more of. Well, the kingdom of God is like that. Whatever you focus on, good or bad, you're always going to get more of. And so uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you again how the scripture records everything you do and everything you say. You will have to give an account for it. And then I'm going to share with you a particular vision, not a vision, a particular man that I um, have studied and studied under a little bit um, by the name of Bob Jones. And I'm going to share with you an experience that he had. Um, this is going to blow your mind. It's going to show you the reality of why god wants us to focus in on heaven so let's look at revelation 20 11 through 13 i'm gonna just run through these in two minutes give you a little backdrop okay don't listen to no preachers that don't give you the word even when, and one of the things that i'm doing here is i'm going to show you this man's vision keep saying that this man being caught up to heaven and it was a vision and what the what jesus christ told him personally and then show you to it in the word show it to you in a word revelations 20 11 through 13. I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it the earth and the sky fled from his presence but they found no place to hide I saw the dead both great and small standing before God's throne and the books were opened including the book of life and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books the sea gave up its dead and death and the grave gave up their dead and all were judged according to their deeds so when we all stand before god there's a master book called the book of life how many of you want your name to be in that book do not get up there and angel look at you we don't know you my name is in the book not according to our records (laughs) hey do not get up there i'm 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 very curious to know what that book looks like what is made out of is it a living book you know what does the handwriting look like what material i'm sure it's not ink or lead or pencil it's probably written in gold okay it's probably uh living living gold is a gold mixed mixed with light okay but then there are other books so there's one master book to see is your name in there then the other books are based on what you did in your life every single thing is recorded second corinthians five ten, it says we must all stand before christ to be judged we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Psalm 139, one through six. O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know, my thoughts, even when I'm far away, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know, everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. Remember that example I just used? You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. In other words, how you're able to do all of this is beyond me. Psalm 114 four through five. But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked, but he hates those who love violence. Psalm fifty-six, eight. This is one of my favorite scriptures in regards to this topic. It says, you keep track of all of my sorrows. Stop right there. That means every single thing from birth that made you feel sad, heaven kept track of it. So when God says he knows you, he knows you. That's a... You know, that's very, very serious when the Lord says you keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each tear in one of your books. So let's, let's, this is actually, this is one of the who tells how many thousands and thousands and thousands of scriptures that show you this other dimension that you cannot see that is around you all the time. OK, the matrix was a lower version of it, but there is another dimension called the spiritual realm and uh and it's more real than this one the bible calls this the shadow realm and so imagine what that would look like when you actually think your tears dissipate but they don't they disappear into another realm they're collected there's an angel standing next to you and they collect up all of your tears they put it in a bottle fly to heaven pour the tears on a book and the tears become words to explain what you were going through while you were crying so that's just one of the books in heaven called the book of tears some good stuff, ain't it? Yeah. See, this also lets you know then that 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 how many know sometimes it feels like God left you. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Okay? <clears throat> Proverbs 15 3. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Joshua twenty four twenty seven. This is what you now this is watching. Now what we're gonna mention is listening devices. Joshua 24:27. Joshua said to all the people, this stone has heard everything the Lord said to us. The stone itself will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word to God. And this was a rock. Now, let me say something about nature. Nature is much more intelligent than scientists can ever understand. They see glimpses of it when it comes to the cellular realm. But the nature around us, uh, the best way for me to explain it is the rocks in your driveway at your house have more technology in it than your computer we just don't have instruments that are on that level to be able to detect it even Job brought out something Job said that there is technology within the snow we don't know what it is though what is what is masterful about the snow is that any scientist will tell you that there is a never a snowflake did y'all know that that there's no such thing as uh, as a snowflake that's the same that's a lot of that's a lot of creativity when god can make every y'all realize that when it snows you're talking about billions of snowflakes that are falling billions upon top of billions upon top of billions and not one snowflake is the same that's a high level of creativity and that's the shadow realm so imagine what the real stuff is like man i think we should all go find a casket and jump. we should all just go to the funeral home why are y'all here we here to go to the other side I used to do at my previous church at my previous church I had to do a lot of funerals home services and 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 so there were people who and I would always talk about heaven that was always my subject matter at a funeral always talking about heaven so I used to have people who would only come they would come to the funeral they didn't care nothing about the person in the casket they only came to the funeral to hear me take, you remember that <laughs> we used to work together at the previous church and they will only come to the service to hear me talk about heaven. Now I remember that because one later she said, Sir, you just made me want to just go to the funeral home, and just jump in the casket. <laughs> she was the one who come every time. They would just sit there like, I'm like, this is not a church service. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 10, 7. So, so I was saying that about, so the one of the things that is, I know this is very mystical, but always remember this: everything around you is a listening device everything is always a listening device what you call cement and stuff like this this stuff absorbs stuff and can you imagine that stand before the Lord and 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 Lord say you know you remember when you said such I didn't say that Lord and then a rock takes up on a personality I was right there in the church service she was standing on top of me when she said it they're doing this with movies all the time it's called veggie tales fruits and carrots walking around talking kids they got these was a toy story kids leave the room and all the toys still are personality okay M- men even in their ignorance are showing you the other side showing you the other side where everything I mean and people who have been caught up to heaven um uh, talked about how you know I mean one lady talked about how she said imagine walking in your mansion okay and I remember y'all you're supposed to get one it's not guaranteed imagine walking in your mansion and every time you walk in your mansion all of the flowers greet you and have a brand new song to sing as you walk in your mansion i mean you no know, that level ain't got nothing to do with, with what color pants you got on when you come to church would y'all agree okay that's what that is up there and they're telling us to focus on there and we talking about somebody skirt now the difference if it's a wide belt instead of a skirt y'all know what i mean by that Some of it, whew, it's called a miniskirt okay. they call them wide belts not even oh come on Jesus let's go ahead and get through this help me Lord what verse am I supposed to be in Ecclesiastes 10:20. it says furthermore in your bedroom do not curse a king and in your sleeping rooms do not curse a rich man for a bird of the heavens will carry the sound and the winged creature will make the matter known Um, Let me help you understand something, for example. Um, In the Bible, God recognizes that what he created has greater technology than what we have created. And so he will still use old English terms and old natural terms concerning creation to actually talk about this. This is actually the Lord telling you, yeah, we have frequencies and technologies in the planet where everything you go, everything you say comes straight up here. Luke twelve three, that's why. Luke twelve three is another hint. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. Heard from who? You said it in the dark. Yeah, you thought nobody was listening. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the house top for everybody to hear. Matthew twelve thirty six, and then we'll stop because y'all like you taking us. Matthew twelve thirty six through thirty seven, and I tell you this: you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. And when it says you have to give an account for every idle word, first of all, that means that every word was being recorded. If you've got to give an account for every word, it means every word was being recorded. But that word, give an account for every idle word, it simply means you have to give an account for everything that comes out of your mouth that Jesus would never say. And it, that actual word, the actual definition means unemployed every person in this room you have at least one angel assigned to you at least one jesus made that clear jesus made it clear that every child that's born into this planet has an angel that is assigned unto him now based on what you do for the lord not in the world what you do for the lord will determine if that angel um is active or he on arthritis medication some folks got uh, angels ain't done nothing they just sitting up here like gray hair he on the cane 13 medications all that because he ain't done nothing then some people you have a whole army okay and you you'll hear that in just a moment and so so uh so that word idol means unemployed in other words the words that came out of your mouth that unemployed your angel is what you have to give an account for if that angel could not move, because remember Bible, why do you think the Bible says angels hearken to the voice of the word didn't say they hearken to the, to the word it says they hearken to the voice of the word, so as long as you say what the word says about your situation and about your circumstances and about life and about everything, as long as you say what the word says, then you employ the angel to move because they only move based on the voice of the word, so everything that you said. And that angel couldn't move on it you got to give an account of why you made the angel go into retirement all right so let's talk about this vision and and you know you know I I, because I you know I, I heard my previous pastor said this and I never forgot it he used to say this all the time before he would preach he would say never believe the word of a preacher um, he said that uh, if he doesn't show it to you all over the bible you have no obligation to receive what he has to say and i never forgot that he said never you know people first of he's like, never believe the word of a preacher absolutely how do you know what he's saying is correct people tell you all the time you know the lord told me to tell you oh okay then you listen to this foolishness no i don't think the lord or the devil told you to tell that this is some foolishness you came up with yourself because some people like to use the lord to control you okay and if they, and, and if, watch this, if they believe you're ignorant, they'll definitely use the, that advantage. I remember one dude, he convinced, never mind, let me just stop. Second Corinthians 12, 1 through 4, and then we'll talk about this vision. This boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly. <laughs> People that always have this experience are always reluctant to tell it. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. Okay. So um, from the beginning of the book to the last of the book, okay, God gives people visions. God gives people dreams. Jesus Christ himself does appear to certain individuals in the planet okay, um, for different reasons. Angels appear to people all the time. People are caught up to heaven. You'd be, it will blow your mind to know how many people have been transported to heaven and came back or even hell, but they won't tell anybody. Um, they won't tell anybody because they say nobody believed me. It'll blow your mind. I hate to say this because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be more protecting and praying for other pastors and preachers instead of talking about them. But, but it'll blow your mind how many people when they come to this church, um, they came because we were the first church that believed in the experience that they had you know I have I have I mean mothers saying that y'all the first church that believed that my child might actually be possessed and that's I mean you know that's very very frustrating when the individuals that God called to help you won't help you where you gonna get your answer from you know what I'm saying the doctors don't even believe in this Doctors don't even believe. you got a spiritual problem. And of course, the medical society, the scientists, the engineers, the doctors, they don't believe in that. They don't even, be- they don't even know. The Bible says a carnal man can't even see that realm. Can't even understand it. Can't even comprehend it. And then the individuals are supposed to be walking in it. We don't believe that too. We with them. All right. Y'all ready? Yes. The other was like, I don't know. See, some folk, especially folk from the street, they're like, uh, never say yes to something and you don't know what you're ready for. That's what some some of them know me. They're like, yes, I know you're going to take me on." This is Bob Jones. Great, great man of God. Great man of God. So I'm going to share with you um, the vision when the Lord appeared to him and then share with you when the Lord caught him up to heaven later. It's very important. You need to listen very carefully. August 8th, 1975, Jesus appears to Bob Jones and gives him words concerning the future and the church. And the Lord told him, um, he said, these are the things that are coming. He said, when you see these things increase, he said, know that judgment will begin to fall. He said, number one, he said abortion would increase and that scientists would create technology to do abortion." Now this is the Lord speaking to Bob Jones in 1975 he said technology would uh, increase and the Lord would never give the name of the technology he would just talk about what it would do because one of the things that you find is English is the most limited language in the planet so it's not really respected a lot from the other side because you all know, the terms are down Lord said the baby would be burned alive which is the saline salt solution we understand exists now the Lord told him that partial birth abortion would begin to happen where they will begin to pull the baby apart. And then he said there would be a peel created that would push the baby away from the mother's wall and the baby would starve to death. That's called the abortion peel. Hey. Okay. Second thing the Lord told him was he said homosexuality will become more rapid. He said people would come out of hiding. It would be demonstrated and celebrated in the streets and in the government. He said, unfortunately, he said, because of that sin. He said there will be a disease that will come about and it will never be cured it's called aids the lord told him by the year 2000 it will begin to kill five million people a year worldwide and it will double every year after that until repentance mass repentance is put on it now let me say this you know we've had people even part of our church that had that and they were healed of it there's no such thing that's incurable we're talking about what the lord is saying will happen if no one repents of the sin okay it no matter what you did in your past if you got a sickness and disease from doing something like that God will still heal you from the sickness and disease you all understand what I'm saying okay y'all do realize that Jesus was healing everybody and never asked him about their past Okay, you gotta remember something the Lord is not looking for a way to send you a hell he's not looking for a way to curse you and he's not looking for a reason to penalize you he's looking for a way even in your sin to try to bless you out of this mess Okay? So he said that it would double every year, okay? Uh, and that the disease would be left unchecked and would begin to actually bring down entire nations. Now, just as a side note, since we live in Atlanta, there's something that they're keeping quiet from you. And I encourage you to look it up after you get home. Don't look it up now. People like look up stuff while I'm preaching. Okay? <laughs> look it up if you don't believe me. The CDC, which is the Center of Disease Control, um, has now said that the AIDS epidemic in the lgbt community in atlanta is now a public health emergency and is worse than most third world countries that's right here in atlanta and the deep part is out of all 50 states it's the southern states that got it the worst. florida atlanta and tennessee they got it more than any other state and the other ones that you can see it you'll be able when you google it you'll be able to see a map to see where this is and, and that, you, you, I don't think I understand. When the CDC says this is a public health emergency, y'all, this is something, the equivalent of the black plague back years ago that wiped out millions of people, okay? Some people work in the health field. They know all this. Okay? And this stuff is taking on our young people like crazy. They have died by the droves, 20, 30. Scientifically, when you go over into homosexuality, the median age for a homosexual man, I think is like around 35 or 40. That's your lifespan going into that. What is it about that? that short circuits your spirit, okay? Jesus said, if you didn't want to be a part of the judgment, then don't be a part of the sin. No matter, he, now, this is what he told him back then. He said, no matter what you hear people say in the future, it is a decision they make no different than a married person who is tempted to commit adultery, and they make a decision to do it. If you make a decision to repent, it will be forgiven just like any other sin. Jesus told him. Now, I found this very interesting. He said that the only thing that could free you of that particular sin, those as well as others, is if people will repent and then totally commit to Jesus Christ. He said if they did that, if they repented and totally committed to be totally admitted, Jesus Christ means not only am I committed to him, he's not just my Savior, he's also my Lord. So I'm interested in how I'm supposed to carry myself as a single man, as a single woman, as a married man, as a married woman, as a child, as a parent. I'm concerned about how I'm supposed to handle my finances, how I'm supposed to be, treat, treat people, how I'm supposed to carry myself as a supervisor or as an employee. I'm interested in Jesus being in control of every single area of my life. That's what it means to make Jesus your Lord. Some people just make him a savior for health insurance. Health insurance, I'm sorry. So he said that if they would repent and totally commit to christ he said they would totally get free um but for most he said it will take them about three years to get completely free because of the nature and the spiritual force that is one of the homosexuality lesbianism and then all of all the offshoots of this stuff it is the most difficult thing you can get completely free of it we have plenty of people in our congregation that are completely free Okay, but it, it's difficult because unlike smoking cigarettes and alcoholism and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's a feeling that won't leave you because it's a spiritual force and, and it opens up usually based on some type of neglect. It's either neglect or molestation some type of rape and then the person just turns and the enemy comes in and then enforces that and it comes with a feeling and then and because you keep involved in yourself in it, the mind is a program if you keep force feeding the mind the mind will take upon the nature of what you keep feeding it i give an example that i gave yesterday okay some of us were smoking cigarettes in the past when you smoked that cigarette for the first time it was not a wonderful experience you didn't have no heavenly vision and 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 rebuke the person that introduced you to cigarettes and said man i can't believe y'all didn't keep y'all didn't tell me about this cigarette 15 years ago man i should have been doing this since i was three you know this is a wonderful how many of you tried cigarettes and you almost died okay now this is what's deep your body was violent when it tried to come against that but because you kept forcing it on the body guess what the body says okay I'll change and now what I once rejected I will accept even though it's killing you and now guess what because you accepted what your body at first rejected now there's a feeling and a mindset attached to it Where now, if you try to stop smoking, your body won't let you. Y'all understand understand what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with any type of sin. Okay, it's actually, Bible actually says that, I think it's in Romans, the Bible says that the stages of sin work the exact same way as the stages of pregnancy. It first starts as a seed, then it grows, and it grows, and then it says it births. And it says once it's birth, what you birthed was death instead of a baby. It actually says that in Romans about the, it's a formula for sin and the enemy is walking that formula against all of us. It doesn't matter how mature you are, how less mature you are. It doesn't matter if you just got saved yesterday or you've been on the battlefield for the Lord for the last 50 years. They're coming for us all. Would you agree? Third thing he said was drugs. That's the reason why it can take when when Jesus said, remember what Jesus said, whom the son says free is free indeed. I'd like to say another way who the son says free is free for real whom the son sets free is free completely. So when, 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 when Jesus sets you free, that's why he said it takes three years because you're instantly set free from it. But now you're going to have to renew your mind. you to have to get you how to be committed to Christ so that this thing leaves you completely. Third thing he says is that they were getting ready to converge two drugs together. He said both of them are cheap, but it's going to make a powerful drug. And that's what you call meth. He said, when you see these three things, I will begin to judge sin and justify those that truly belong to me. Okay. So now, Jesus gives him this vision in 1975. He said, and it's in August, he said, in the same month that the Lord appeared to him and gave him the vision, he said, in the same month, he said, a high-ranking demon from hell appeared to him and said, now, what Jesus told you to share with mankind, if you share it, I'm going to kill you. And Bob Jones said, kill me then, fool. You know, that sounded like me talking. He said, oh, you don't have no authority over me. Boom, boom, died that day. Okay, we'll come back to that in a moment. When he died, he then found himself at the entrance of heaven in a line. There were two lines, and 98% of the world's population was in the line he was not in. Okay, and the line he was in did not have that many people. He was in the line for people that were going to heaven. Ninety-eight percent of the world's population was in the leather line that was going to hell. Now, there's another Baptist minister that the Lord called up to heaven, and he said that he, the angel, took him there, and he stood right at the beginning at the entrance. And the angel let him watch how the people that were going into heaven, how their family members from previous generations were there to welcome them at the gates, and you know, you know how you know, you know your grandma would get excited when you're coming over Thanksgiving dinner, that type of stuff. And, and so he said it was a glorious experience, and he looked at the angel, and the angel didn't look happy. And so he asked the angel about it. He said, he said unfortunately, he said, for every 50 that come into heaven, he said 1,000 go to hell. So let me show you the two scriptures attached to that, Matthew 25, 31 through 33. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Here's the two lines. He will place the sheep at his right hand and he'll place the goats at his left. Those are the two lines right there. It's only two lines in heaven. And he's separated into two categories. You either the sheep or your goats. I mean, you know, goats are always bucking up against something. There's a reason why they got horns. They always see these little commercials on, on social media. you riding past on a motorcycle and the goat and thing that threw you off, you and your wife off the motorcycle. Okay? Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. You don't get to go you don't get to live the way God wants you to live doing it your way the highway to hell is wide broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way known as they chose that way but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is what difficult and only a few ever find it okay so those are the two scriptures that match his heavenly experience, when this demonic creature kills him, he goes straight to heaven. He's standing there in the line. And he said in his line, it's just a few people. the line, he said, it's 98% of the world's population. You're like, how in the world could he tell that it was 98%? Because I told you in heaven, we'll get to this later. In heaven, there are, all the limitations on your body are lifted the limitations on your eyesight, the limitations on your hearing, the limitations on your seeing, the limitations, I just realized that's redundant, the limitations on your taste and the limitations on your mind. It's a reason why you've heard this before, that the body is a prison for the soul. It limits you. It only lets you go so far. And only as you develop yourself spiritually can the spirit then override the flesh and you can think higher because the body will keep you in check. The mind, that's why the Bible says you got to renew your mind. Oh, man. All right, y'all still with me? My notes are serious now. We didn't got the laughing out. So he said he's standing in this line. In the distance, he saw a being, a huge being that was nothing but white light. That was the Heavenly Father. He said within that being was another being that was whiter light than the big white light. And that was Jesus. And he was standing on the inside of his father with his arms outstretched. And he said off to the side was another being that had no face and that was the holy ghost he said his first thought was did i die clean or did i die in sin <clears throat> and so he said the faceless man spoke to him well oh, that's just the babies in the back they'll be fine <laughs> she heard the baby crying thought it was emergency no they, they got it down you hear them through the wall sometimes so so she was concerned about his you know you standing before the lord you're like oh did i do the right thing and the holy spirit told him look down at your clothes and i'll give you the answer he looked on his clothes he had on a beautiful robe and that was his answer And the bible it says that some people that just make it in they are given gowns of salvation those who were christians but they live for christ they are given robes of righteousness okay it's a scripture in the bible Okay, so he looked uh, to the left at the other line, it was 98% of the world's population. They were not going where he was going and they weren't dressed the way he was dressed. They were going to the place for people who did not follow, live for or serve God, but follow, live for and served other gods. As he looked in the line, I'm kind of simplifying this. He said he didn't like the look because it kept making him feel so depressed. He said he saw men wrapped in dollar bills because that was their God. He said he saw one dude in the line. And he said the man was on the inside of a whiskey bottle because the whiskey, when that man lived, that was his God. So the man is, the the whiskey bottle is moving down the line, but the man is on the inside of the whiskey bottle. He said he saw people and he said that their bodies were made out of drugs because they had become so one with that drug. Their body was made out of the drugs. And he said he saw many men wrapped in lust. Don't ask me what that looks like. But in heaven, you'll know what that looks like. I mean, it's. I mean there's one scripture in the Bible that says that those who don't serve God it says that their that their clothing will be made out of shame (laughs) everybody say you can have that (laughs) that and a bag of chips okay so he saw men wrapped in lust Um, he was shown that in hell not only are you tormented but in a perverted way you will serve the God in hell you served on earth some of the worst torments in hell are sexual uh, because you get involved with sexual sin and you won't come out if you don't repent of that and you miss heaven then unfortunately that ends up being your torment and I'll stop right there just imagine your assistant being a serial killer that's on a thousand times higher than any serial killer on this planet and that's the one that gets joy out of bringing you pain I don't think you understand something about the dark side the dark side only get the same way that the Bible says there is rejoicing in heaven when somebody gives their life to Christ, the dark side they rejoice at your demise. That is what makes them happy, and the worse your demise, the more joy they have. If you are tormented by a serial killer and it's took and the serial killer torments you for thirty days, I mean these beings they get I mean they get ecstatic, and that, we don't have the ability to comprehend that about something that's after you every single day, after your soul, after your destiny, after your everything, and it only gets joy off of your pain saying and if you ever come in contact with one of them you'll understand that because when we you know you know when we cast demons out of people y'all some of the things that we see and some of the things that you hear some of the things that these things attempt it's just like i mean you you know we you know some of y'all think y'all know what pure evil is because you watch freddy krueger nah that ain't pure evil that's kindergarten any horror movie you've seen that's kindergarten okay So he said, unfortunately, as he looked at the people in the 98%, we're about to get to this really good part. He said he noticed all of the people in the other line. This is what they kept saying. They said, man, this really was true. You know, of course, they're not saying it like me. They are like weeping. And they said, I ignored it. I mocked it. I laughed at it and I attacked it. But unfortunately, for my sake, it really was all true. He said they got to the end of the road. They went down, they slid down and fell into a deep place. Well, there would never be light again. So back to his line. He said that when he was in this line, he said he's looking over this happening. So he's back to his line. He said there are three people in line before his turn. He said there was this huge, large. He kept saying this for some reason. I don't know why he kept saying this. He said that maybe this lady was really, really huge. He said this huge, large black woman. He said she was very heavyset, but she had 100 angels with her in the line. And so Bob asked the faceless being, which was the Holy Spirit, why she had so many angels. He said she was a faithful minister on earth and did a lot of great things for her people. And he said that these were the uh, angels in line with her because these were the angels who assisted her when she was trying to be a blessing to people when she was on planet earth. Okay? I mean, you know, this is crazy stuff. This is some good stuff. Okay? So when she got to the end of the line, she stepped up. And Jesus stepped up, and then he asked her one question. Now, this is a limited experience. When we stand before the Lord, it's not just going to be this. So when the Lord catches people up there, he gives them one piece. And all of us, our experience ends up being a bunch of pieces. He asked her one question. He said, did you learn to love? She said, yes. He said, Jesus gave the woman a kiss right on her lips. He said, then Jesus being opened up, and she walked right into the dude. Let's look at a scripture for that. John 10:7 through 10. Jesus said unto them again, Truly, truly I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. That's false religion by the way. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy but i came that you might live life and live it large for all of the christians who think jesus want us to be broke i don't even know that doesn't even make demonic sense common sense don't make no type of sense whatsoever that the god watch this the most expensive substance down here gold they just use that to pave their streets upstairs god wants you to have two dollars to your name according to some of these guys god just hate prosperity how I many know? you can just look at nature and see there's not one single thing that god has ever created that, that has stopped growing so i need my money to grow would you agree i needed to grow large and in charge <laughs> okay boom bam first lady second lady he said second girl he said this girl was 11 years old she was crippled most of her life and the last three years she was bedfast, and all she did was lay in bed all day and pray for people. Bob asked the faceless being, which is the Holy Spirit, she's in heaven. Why is she still crippled? The angel, the Holy Spirit told him she's not crippled. She's completely healed, but she will appear like that in heaven many a times so they can understand why her reward is so great. Because when they see this little girl walking around, they're gonna like, well, why she got all of this stuff and she got a mansion the size of Atlanta? And then at times, they, then the Lord will show her in that crippled state to help you understand. Oh, because because one of the things that the Spirit brought out, an angel said, it was that her her in, her endurance to go through what she went through with the proper attitude is what created a great reward. And so, how many know, how many can lift your hand honestly and say that you've been taught that you were a failure because you went through something? If you went through something bad and, you know, and, and y'all, not, it's not, every church is not like this, but there are some churches out here that if you go through something, if you get sick or you don't have enough money or you this, that, it's because you did something wrong. It, now, they ain't sharing their testimony about when they didn't have two nickels to rub together. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And so, because one of the things that one of the things that Bob Jones brought out is, he said he noticed that most of the preachers in heaven did not have a reward as great as the people they pastored. Not me, though. Oh, I, you're, you're not getting me, Satan. Oh no, you're not getting me. And it was because of the pride. It was brought up Rick Jones' book. It was because of their pride. It was because they were. Uh, remember what Jesus told those guys? He said, He said. You keep bearing all of these, putting all of these heavy burdens on the people," he said. "And you won't even lift them yourself. See, so the Lord doesn't judge things based on title and how much money you got and your degrees and the fact that you have coffee with Jesus every single morning. And He ain't judging stuff like that. People say the Lord thinks that way, but the Lord already told us in Bible, I don't think like y'all, and I don't walk like y'all, and I sure enough don't talk like y'all. So that's why I'm teaching this stuff, because I mean, you no." Know, Forever is forever. And so, and, so that, and so that's another reason why so many pastors have lost their reward in heaven because they never prepared their people for it in the first place. Ah, Jesus. Yes. So he said he watched this girl step in front of Jesus. I only have one more. He said, did you learn how to love? She said yes. And so he, she, he said that he kissed the girl her, his being opened up, and she walked. you imagine what that looks like? We ain't talking about some chest cavity opening up. He just said that, I mean, it was like his being just expanded, and she walked right into the light. See, y'all, see, that's scripture. Y'all remember that scripture that Jesus prayed right before he died? He, and he prayed this prayer. He said, Father, I'm praying that they may be one as we are one. He said, you and me, I and you, them and me, so that we may be all one we read that religiously never realizing that in heaven that's a reality you can't comprehend when see when the bible says oh jesus as jesus is right now so are we in this world when it says that when you give your life to christ you become one with him you would have never imagined that actually literally means that you step inside of this dude make you go home and say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to the movies today. I think I'm going to read a couple of verses in Psalms when I get home. <laughs> y'all, y'all, look, I understand y'all laughing. When I tell you this, I'm not exaggerating with you when, I mean, uh, the Lord gave me the answer today. Um, so I'm going to give it to you now because I told you we ain't got time to waste. This is, this is, this is another teaching. Because Paul said something. He said, make sure you do this so that you don't lose your Full reward, and so in my mind I'm just like Lord, I need the exact answer, full reward for reward. And then while I was shaving this morning, Lord, Lord gave me another scripture, when it says, um, "If you don't offend in word and deed, you have become a perfect man." That's the answer right there. What you say and what you do. So I got to teach that, and what that means. Y'all, you might want to think about being consistent at church every Sunday and get there. You might be hanging on the door when we get here. Who was that? Man, they've been here since 6 o'clock this morning. Just in case Jesus got here before you did. Hey. Last lady before him was a 93-year-old woman with knots all over her hand and her body. She had been in great pain for a long time along with other things. Jesus asked this 93-year-old woman the same question. Did you learn to love? Listen. She answered, I'll learn to love you, Lord. But at an early age, I became bitter and spent most of our life being bitter and biting at and being in strife with other Christians. Jesus told her, you are right. He said, you are saved and you did love me and embrace me. He said, therefore, you can come in. He said, but you have lost your entire reward because you have no works of love. So she enters into eternity. And I told you that there are three levels in heaven. And, and, and that's true, but it's not true. There are three levels in heaven, it's actually seven. Bob Jones said, he brought out something. He said, there are seven levels in heaven. I said, okay, that makes sense based on something I was feeling. He said, it's seven levels, but God only does it right now in threes. He said, no one knows until this is over. what are, What is, y'all look. How many of you would assume that God's throne is the top level? Wouldn't you agree? He said, Mm-mm. "He said that's the level that they're letting you think is the top level, because they don't want you to know what the other four are." I know there's some heavier stuff all over the place, you know, but but just as Jesus, and he said that he, he said, spirit, God's level, soul, second level, body. Let me do it in reverse. Body, you have a body, you have a soul, you have a spirit. Body is the first level. The soul is the second level. And the spirit is the third level where God lives. That's why everything is in threes all the time. Okay, uh, Spirit, soul, body. You had a tabernacle. we had three phases. You had the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. Everything is always in threes. Okay, And so the first level in heaven is for those who basically just made it in. Hell insurance. Because they, they did accept the Lord, but they stayed in the flesh all the time. So the level of heaven for them is for the folk who lived in the flesh. He said the second level is for those they didn't really live in the flesh, but they lived in their feelings all the time. They lived in the soul. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading. it don't take all of that. I believe the Lord. I love the Lord. But so that second level was for them. He said the third level were the ones that everybody talked about because they lived so crazy and so strange for Jesus. They were called freaks and fanatics. Same about getting a couple of shirts say, yes, I'm a Jesus freak and a Bible thumper. See, when people talk about you, you wear it like a badge of honor, you know, and put on something real cool to look like you a gangster. Go up and best buy. Yes, I'm a Bible thumper. And you might get thumped, too. I mean, Jesus was not no punk, y'all. The wicked doing it, the wicked doing it. So that's very very sad that this woman because of her inability to love people what does the bible says it says if you don't love your brother who you can see how can you love god who you can't see I used to always think that that bothered me because I would think it would be the opposite. If you don't love God, how can you love people? It didn't say that. It says, if you don't love people, how can you love God? Because God said, I created everybody in my image. So it's really one and the same. That's when that one guy asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord with all your soul, heart and strength. And he said, and love your brother the same way. Because the God and the woman or the man next to you is made in the same image as the one sitting on the throne. And that's why God, that's why the devil takes great image in perverting that, turning you into something that is the opposite of the blueprint on the tables of heaven. It's a blueprint with your face on it. And at the top, it says queen created to rule for eternity over a realm that they can't comprehend. And the devil says, see the blueprint? Let's go to work and try to change that into a monster who will miss their destiny forever. That's how the game and the war goes. first Corinthians three ten through 15 we're just about done give me five more minutes it says because of God's grace to me here go to three levels again some of, some of you know this before some of you this is new teacher because of God's grace to me I have laid the foundation like an expert builder now others are building on it but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have Jesus Christ here we go anyone who builds on what Jesus has done I mean y'all I want you to remember something what Jesus did the Apostles built on top of that what the Apostles did we are called to build on top of that so anyone who builds on that foundation must use a variety of materials these are the six materials that everything you say and do is put into the first three are the categories of good decisions the second three are the categories of bad decisions gold silver jewels category of three decisions good decisions wood hay and straw those are the three categories of bad decisions when it comes to the good let's do it again to show you that everything's in three okay body soul spirit Tabernacle, outer court, inner court, holy of holies. When it comes to this, it says gold, silver, jewels. When it comes to grades, you get an A, you can get a B, or you can get a C. Everything else is not good. When it comes to a race, you can come in first place, you can come in second place, you can come in third place. See, I can keep on doing this all day long. Even when you get rebuked on the job, they give you three warnings and then you out. I can do this all day, okay? So everything is in threes, okay? Category of three, Okay. But your bad decisions are always in the category of wood, hay and stubble. And that's why if you add fire to wood, hay and stubble, it'll burn it up. If you add fire to gold, silver and jewels, it doesn't burn it. It refines it. You add fire. So that's why if you even listen to this, if you even hear is God putting you in the fire to burn stuff off of you so that you can be used as a greater jewel. Some good stuff. So Bob said, he was the fourth person in line. He was the last one. He said he was excited because the Holy Spirit had already told him he was clean. He was thinking, this is it, no more pain, no more poverty, no more tears, no more nothing. He said, he got to the front of the line. He said, Jesus stepped up and said, Jesus put his hand up and said, stop, you cannot come in because the devil killed you before your time. And I want you to go back and complete what you started. Bob said to Jesus, I do not want to go back because I'm not doing any good and no one is listening to me. He said, Jesus looked right up and said, you are a liar. Because Bob was saying that I'm giving all of these prophecies. I'm telling people what you said, but they don't believe me. And it's not going, therefore it's not going to happen. Jesus said, you are a liar. He said, if I told you to say it, when you say it, it's the equivalent of me saying it. So if you say something that I said, my word never returns empty and void. If I told you to say it, And you say it, it's the equivalent of me saying it. And everything I say come to pass. So the fact you say it won't come to pass, you the liar and I'm the truth. Mm, mm, mm. Bob said, but it's so, you sound like us. We always got more excuses than a person in jail. But it's so painful down there. He said the rejection and the persecution and the pain and all that I'm going through. Jesus said, yes, he said, it's true. He said, but you feel that way in part because of the coward in you. He said, but when we send you back, we'll work that out. That would kill me because this lets you know why the Lord doesn't let you out of situations in your timing. This lets you know that God is trying to burn that dross off and all of that raggedness off and all that ash off and all of that crust off. And, and in order for him to do that, he got to put you in some situations that, that, that bring your character up. He gotta, if, you, if you have a fear problem. When the Lord told him, "Oh, you got," it. he said, "You a coward." He said, he, "No, he didn't call him a coward." He said, "That's the coward in you." He said, "But we'll work that out of you when you get back." How you think he's gonna work it out? By sending an apostle or a prophet? Ding! There it is. The Lord has told me to, to lay hands on you to receive a double portion of boldness, so you never be afraid again. It does not work that way. God is going to put you in a situation where you got a bag full of groceries at Walmart, and you left your wallet at home. And now you're embarrassed. You're going to put you in some situations to work fear out. Okay. And then so. <laughs> All right. So the Lord finally told him, he said, when you were a Baptist, you had a love for souls. And he said, if you want to come to heaven now, instead of going back, I'll let you in. But I just need you to do one thing before I let you in. He said, what's that? He said, I need you to glance over there again at the people that 98 percent is in that line he said i need to send you back he said but and i, I it's amazing the choice is yours the choice is yours he said but before you make the choice i want you to look over there at that line he said he looked over there at that line he said okay lord i'll go back even if it's just for one soul and this is the last part i'm saying the lord told him i'm not sending you back for a soul he said i'm sending you back to touch a watch this a few of the leaders of the church that will oversee and protect what I am getting ready to do. The Lord told him, I am getting ready to bring one billion youth to Christ in one sweep. It'll be the greatest revival of all time. He said, I'm going to glorify myself and everything that has ever been done in scripture, I'm going to repeat it thousands and thousands of times over. And that's crazy. Okay, so one billion youth, and right now, over the half the population of the world is under 18. And Bob Jones said he believes that it will begin in 2020. And so the Lord told him, there's a remnant of Christians paying the price for the great harvest, and they are being used as seeds. He said, you will recognize them by holiness, by prayer, and dying to their own will, and they will be willing to follow Christ at all costs. Okay? And this is something that, last part and that I'm done. Something that I found very, very interesting and I never saw before. I never saw this before because the Lord gave him an instruction to, 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 um, for those who were over 50 to begin, what did he say? He said, those that are over 50 must get behind it, oversee it, protect it, birth it, finance it, motivate it, and direct it, okay? The crazy part is this was in 1975, okay? He said, they must do that so that the ones who are coming behind them he said can walk in this he said the, the, this is 1975 he said those that are 50 and over must do all of these things the ones that are coming behind them he said they'll be the second wave and he said what they do will determine the third we will pretty much be that third kind of i mean second going over into that third wave this is why when you see all of the youth out here looking crazy and acting crazy yeah this is the devil trying to put them in a hole so that when when jesus pressed his button okay now, now, some of you, you'll catch this last statement. I, up until day before yesterday, how many have always heard about the Joshua generation? Okay, well, one of the things the Lord explained to him is that he needed to adjust his thinking. I was always taught that the Moses generation are the older folk, the Joshua generation are the younger folk. I had always been taught that. But one of the things that Bob Jones brought out was, is that when Joshua stepped into his position, The man was 70 to 80 years of age. He was 70 to 80. He said, so I don't know why we taught this thing where Joshua was a young man. He was not. When the dude took over and started bringing it at 100% and could not fail, Joshua operated in so much victory, he finally went to the Lord in prayer and said, Lord, I am tired of winning. We got too much prosperity. We got too much stuff. We've been killing people for the last 40 years. I'm just ready to retire. And the Lord told him, wrong. I got much more land for you to kill. Much more prosperity and gold to take over. The man was tired of winning. I want to be in that position. At least give me a chance to be tired of winning, tired of making it, tired of prospering, tired of increasing. That's the will of God, y'all, for you to get to the point. You remember what Moses said? said Moses had one offering in 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 uh, in the wilderness. One offering. He said whoever's willing to give tell them to give and it says that the people gave so much moses had to tell god hey amen tell them to stop giving we got too much money now we can't we ain't got nowhere to put this stuff and and y'all see the will of god the will of god wants you to be in a position lord stop just please stop just just please stop jesus please stop i can't i can't i ain't got nowhere to this sound like some drug dealer talk. i ain't got nowhere to put this money I, oh, this is just too much peace, too much blessing, too much happiness. I can't stop laughing. They're about to fire me because they say everything is a joke all the time. You know, they think I'm depressed, but I'm just crying because I'm so happy. That's what the Lord wants you to say. That's why the Bible says that, that when the Lord turned the captivity of, of the children of Israel, it says they thought they were dreaming. I need that in my life. Where oh, the, yeah, y'all, that's the will of God. But he can't do it because we're not focused on heavenly things. Okay. And, and, and watch this focus on heavenly things doesn't mean you go into church and you preach a nice little teaching about how to have a good life that's not focusing on heavenly things when you focus on heavenly things you're about to look crazy in the eyes of people because this stuff ain't nothing down here that matches that they want you to know how to work the system from up there so it overrides this mess down here this ain't house note car note and job stuff y'all this is something else something else we got to call it something else because we don't know what it is you understand what I'm saying? Now you understand the role and the purpose of the church and now you understand why when jesus showed up he was so upset at those religious guys he says because y'all ain't doing nothing i showed up ain't none of y'all qualified to be on my team i got why you why do you why do you think jesus picked do you, you go back and look at the 12 disciples why do you think they were all businessmen y'all do realize that none of them guys were regular guys first of all none of them were religious The second thing is all of them were about their money and business. I mean, several of the disciples have said that they left their fishing business in the hands of their servants. When Jesus said, follow me and how Jesus got them to follow him. Remember what the Bible says? It says they were out there fishing. They didn't catch anything that night. You know, sometimes you have a bad day in business. They didn't catch anything. And Lord said, y'all mind if I use your boat to preach to these people? They didn't know who that dude was. That's why Jesus had to do this crazy miracle because they didn't know who he was. And then said, fine. We failed all night. We might as well just go ahead and let you do something. So, so they let him use the boat. It says Jesus preached. Then he said, okay, I'm done preaching. He said, by the way, he said, go out there after you have failed. After you have failed at the right time, go out there and do it at the wrong time. In the wrong area. The wrong way. You're going out there and and peter argued with jesus first he said man we've been doing this all night we fishermen And he said but you know what since you said it we go down there and go back and read it in king james he said all right we're just going out there and put down one net we just put down one okay the bible says when he put the net down it says the water in the circumference of the net turned into fish and it kept multiplying and watch this it said they had to call their partners who were also in the fishing business Hey, y'all, something over here is going on. We can't explain it. You ever been in a situation where, where, where some money pop up? And you're like, this might be illegal, but we're going to find out the answer later on. That's kind of what the that they were in. There's an like, amen. And it says, it says that so many fish had begun to sink the boat. So how Jesus got their attention was by doing a financial miracle. So then when he said, lead this mess and follow me, they said, yes, a master. We're going to follow this because this dude made us a gazillion dollars overnight. It would be the equivalent of you working at the stock market and, and you had a bad day yesterday. And then Jesus walks up and says, hey, uh, let me use your computer for a second. All right. You let him use it. He says, by the way, he said, take all your money, put it in that stock. And then the next day you're a millionaire. And then that guy comes back and says, uh, follow me. Yeah, I out, dude. <laughs> he just made me all of this money. See? So, so Jesus didn't get people to follow him by doing religious stuff. I am a prophet of the Most High, and the Lord is saying for you to leave your job and follow me into the abyss, and I will show you great wonders. All right. I'll keep that in mind while I'm on this boat. y'all y'all been watching the jesus movie they got to correct your way of thinking the point that i'm making is that is the will of god where god wants us to go out of this planet in a blaze of glory that's what i love about abraham y'all remember how abraham died Says that man died full happy full of all type of prosperity Said the man was rich beyond his wildest dreams. And it says when he died, he gathered all of his family members around and then gave him a word. And said, all right, I'm out. Don't spend my money too fast. So, that's how God wants you to go out. Full, satisfied. I know I left it all in the planet. Now I'm about to enter something that, woo Jesus. That's how it's supposed to be. That only comes, though, with full commitment. Your level of commitment will determine the level of that. OK, when you are fully committed to Christ, they will reveal some things to you that will enable you to walk through hell all by yourself. That's the purpose. One of the purposes for focusing on heaven is that when you see how this stuff is working, when you see who is with you, let the Lord show you his, your, your angel one time. This is the dude that's my assistant. Yeah, that's how valuable you are. You don't see yourself as value. But what? The, if you if the Lord showed you your angel, you wouldn't believe that that's what God assigned to you. You wouldn't believe it because of the way you're acting. Yes. And because of the way you're acting, the angels has to stand there. And when you get your act together and start doing this, I'm the one that God said, the Lord showed Kenneth Hagin, his angel, he said the dude was over 12 feet tall. He, and he said that he said that the angels, he, I remember Hagin saying this, he said the angel's leg was all muscle, he said, and it was wider than the human body. He said, these, I mean, these, God these, Quit going to these little Christian bookstores and you see these little angels just standing like this and, and with a little harp and, and, and looking like they had no cereal in the last five days. And that is not the description of the angels in heaven. Would you, let me say so? you see the little frail angel in there, like, you know, you, you can't even tell this thing is male or female, you know, and just standing there. Would you expect something like that to be beating up the devil? No. It says one angel. It says one angel, when God gave him on a man, it says he swung his sword and 30,000 men dropped. It's in the Old Testament. It said the angel swung his sword one time. It said 30,000 men instantly died just from that one dude's sword. That's what them dudes look like. Now, don't be going up in the Christian bookstore just smashing this. This is not the will of God. Blah, blah, blah. No, I feel like doing it sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, what is this mess? I can tell you right now, this ain't the dude that's assigned to Oathly Turnbull. I'll tell you, my, my, my angel is a monster. Can't do that though. You end up seeing on you know, and all that crazy preacher up in there smashing angels, and then you know, all y'all got to go find another church and all that type of stuff. Hey, so I'm just being comical, but but so I'm gonna stop it right there because this y'all, you gotta jerk yourself out of two things: the spirit of religion and the spirit of carnality, because both cause you to disengage from heaven. And the Bible says that your life down here is not even real. The only thing that's real about your life down here is that what you're doing is creating your real life. So if everything I do and say is creating my real life up there, it would behoove me to find out if everything I'm doing is creating it or destroying it. Would y'all agree? Okay, so go ahead and stand. So, what I find is interesting is how the Lord starts speaking to me once i start seeking it (laughs) it's like you got to obey the written word first when you obey the written word then the spoken word shows up and say okay since you're seeking now i can start revealing this stuff to you and it's just it's it done messed up half my sermons y'all i'm just like why would you even allow me to teach that it was still good it was just lower level the stuff that you taught was for the first and the second round what you're teaching is for the highest see so so this is why the lord doesn't use you once you become perfect, that was the case all week, i was all sit down, you know, but you know, I never will forget what the Lord told Rick Jordan. He said, I don't use you because of you. He said, I use you because I'm in you. That right there was a jerker for me. That also, because let me tell you something, you're out of order if you think you're better and you're out of order if you think you're worse. <laughs> because without Jesus, I mean, think about it for a moment. Without the Lord, you wouldn't know anything, you wouldn't hear anything, you wouldn't, none of that, okay? So go ahead and lift your hands. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we bless you, amen. Glory and honor be unto your holy name. Thank you, O Father.